0: Well, this is quite the morning to be here with you. And uh, we feel the shock of all that has happened. But I believe that prior to all of this, uh, God gave me a word, I believe, for this morning uh, in regards to our faith journey. And that is that we, amid all that happens, need to be people that praise God, regardless of what's going on and that's that's our message this morning on our faith journey and uh, i take you to hebrews chapter 13 so our my message is use praise say that with me use praise hebrews 13 15 let's say it together Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I'd like to put an emphasis on one word there. Let us continually, say that with me, continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise which is, as another translation puts it, is the fruit of our lips. It's, it's that which is so becoming and so right that we give unto the Lord at all times. You know, uh, praising the Lord is referenced 120 times in the Bible. So I think there, that God must be serious about this message when he says it so many times to us. Psalm 119 and verse 164, David said, Seven times a day will I praise you. Seven speaks of perfection. And praise perfected, I believe, is a continual offering. It's a continual thing that goes on in our hearts. We live with this continual offering praise and adoration of our great creator because it's becoming it is right that we would do that the bible tells us in first peter chapter 2 and verse 9 that we are a chosen generation we're a special people to show forth what the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light And I know I'm I'm not uh, preaching or sharing a uh, foreign message to you here because I know what Thrive is about. Your pastor constantly says, now let's praise the Lord. Let's give God all of our praise. I mean, this is so common and so right in this house, and it happens all the time. Uh, And and so we want to be a people that are praising God Living out the praises of God in our lives, now we realize today that we're talking about a faith journey, but i want to I want to mix this message of faith journey with uh, with a praise journey. Uh, our faith journey is really as we grow in the Lord more and more a journey where we're giving praise to God continually. The more we get to know him, the more we understand about God, the more we want to praise his name in order to become a Christian we must believe faith is the entry point to becoming a Christian believe and you will be saved the Bible says whoever believes on Jesus will not perish but will have everlasting life by grace are you saved through faith Philippians chapter 2 says now faith beyond the entry point becomes an exciting journey all the great heroes of faith experienced a journey of trials, testings of their faith, and victory as they moved from strength to strength and from glory to glory. The path of the just is a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. And, and I believe that the path that we are on is, again, a, a path of learning and growing in praise. God wants us to grow in praise in our lives. One of the great lessons on our faith journey is to use praise or to engage praise in our life. No matter what's happening. I'm going to be re- repeating this a lot this morning. No matter what's happening, we engage praise. Turn to somebody and say praise all the time. It should be an all time thing. All the time we are praising the Lord. It is said of Abraham that he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I love that verse. It describes what real faith is like. As our faith grows, if we have an Abraham kind of faith, we will be strong in faith. And the result of that will be, it will be mixed with this, we'll be giving glory to God. A sign of mature faith or health, or a healthy journey in faith is that no matter what is happening, we are thank-filled and we're always giving glory to God. Always. I've had the privilege of living around some people who have lived this kind of a life. Uh, my wife and I grew up under a pastor who whose ministry was very, very fruitful. Uh, He was past a long-term pastor in our local church in a small town in Saskatchewan. And there was one thing about him, and it was this. He was always saying, praise God. Glory to God. It was just, it was just, it was part of his life so much that you couldn't miss it. He was always doing this. Now, prior to him becoming a Christian, he was a very rough character, as I understand it. He was a farmer, and he, back in the day, I mean, this is a long time ago, this is like a century ago, <laughs> he worked with horses in the fields, and he used to curse his horses. I mean, those horses did not get a kind word out of them. It was a whip and it was a, it was a curse word. And when he became a Christian, his life was absolutely turned around and transformed. And he became a man that praised God continually. It was his life. You know, a sign of faithlessness is murmuring. Murmuring. It is complaining. It's having an anger toward God. A lot of people are angry toward God. Or cursing the day. You know, Job's wife was a lot different from Job. When Job hit his trials and his difficulties, the Bible says that he fell to the ground and he worshipped God. In a time of loss like you've experienced here as a church with Winston's passing, the greatest sign of maturity is what we saw this morning and what we felt and what we entered into this morning is amid what happened, we're going to worship God and we're going to praise God. Can you say amen? That's what we do and that's what Job did. But Job's wife said to him at one point, why don't you just curse God and die? What a horrible, what a horrible exhortation. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, that's a horrible exhortation. (laughs) I don't want people around that are going to tell me to curse God and die. Cursing. Jesus once cursed a fig tree, and of course he was, he, was, he was illustrating something when he did that. We know that there is the power to bring death in a curse, and that's what happened to the, that tree. But there, we know also that there is power to bring life with a praise. Great power when we praise. Psalm 103, Psalm 104, Psalm 105, Psalm 106, Psalm 107. Those chapters talk about Israel's journey. And I like those Psalms, and I'm not going to read those this morning, but it talks about you know how God delivered them from Egypt and and a lot of different things. And then their journeys and 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 all the different things they experienced on their their journey in life but there's an interjection of of this idea not only idea a strong exhortation that oh that man would praise the lord for his loving kindness and for his goodness to the children of men and it's it's constantly saying that in one of those chapters five times it is mentioned oh that man would praise the lord That was the all-important message. While the things that Israel encountered and the deliverance of God were all wonderful, the most wonderful truth out of it all that comes to us is, Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his kindness. God is great in so many ways in all circumstances. His acts, his nature His disposition and he deserves the honor the glory and the praise turn to somebody and say he deserves the praise he deserves the praise oh that men would praise the Lord when you lose praise you you potentially set yourself up to lose everything of value The highest value in this universe is our God and the praise of him. It's the highest value. Save us that we may give thanks to your name and glory in your praise. Our God deserves the highest place and the highest praise in our lives. In your faith journey... Use praise, don't lose praise. Use praise, don't lose praise. Say, turn to somebody and say that. Use praise, don't lose praise. Israel, on their faith journey, were doing well under Joshua, who was a picture of Jesus. In Joshua chapter 6, they had a great victory when they marched around Jericho, and the walls come down and they conquer and i ask the question why why do they conquer they march around the city 6 days and then the 7th day they blow trumpets and then they have a great shout of praise and the wall of the walls of jericho fell down flat now these this is not some little fence in somebody's backyard i mean these were walls that chariots and horses rode around the top on i mean they were They were very big walls. So they make this great shout. Of course, we know that the Ark of the Lord was there, which was a symbol of the presence of God. And God spoke to them. He says, do this, and there will be great, great victory. And so they followed the instructions of God, and the Bible tells us that as they made this great shout and they blew the trumpets that those walls fell flat. Some commentators say that those walls, you know, kind of didn't come tumbling down from side to side. They literally sunk into the earth is what some uh, are proposing happened at that time. And the Bible tells us that because of all this that happened, that, that Joshua and his leadership, and all the people, their fame spread throughout the, the earth because of this great miracle. Why did that happen? I believe it had something to do with the shout of praise and the sound of the trumpets. It really had. There was a connection there. Let's turn to somebody and say, there was a connection there. And that city came under... A, the evil in that city came under, as it were, a curse with the exception of Rahab the harlot. And I, I like the story of her because, she, you know, she hung out this scarlet cord, and, and the story tells us that she was saved and, uh, and delivered, and marvelous story there. <clears throat> but God was with Joshua, and his fame spread. Then in chapter 6, the following chapter, we go on in the story. The story. You know, when you, when you win a great victory, sometimes you become self-reliant. You say, oh, we won that one, and the next one will be nothing. Well, they learned their lesson here. They come to Ai. Now, Ai is in front of them. And Joshua instructs the people, let's go get another city. This is, this is, as it were, a piece of cake. We can, we can take this, no problem. And uh, at Ai, they were beat up big time. They did not do what they did in the taking of Jericho. As a matter of fact, uh, a terrible thing happened in the midst of Israel. And, and they were beat up. There was no trumpets, no music, no praise. It was all defeat. And Joshua, when he sees the defeat, he's he's a very wise leader. He falls on his face before God and he repents. And I, I find the story very, very interesting because he's led by the Lord to go to every 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 household, the head of every tribe, and he goes to their to the tent of, of individuals or the tents of individuals and when they arrive there, they, they have an interesting message. It's like they're, they're on, a, on a campaign and they're knocking on doors and the first thing they do when they knock on a door is they say, Give glory to God. Praise God. They come to Achan's tent and they knock on the door, so to speak, at Achan's tent. And they say, Achan, give glory to God. And he can't do it. He's, something's wrong in his life because he had, taken, he had taken something that he should not have taken and he hid it in his tent and he couldn't give glory to God. You see, the thing that brings defeat in our lives is not giving glory to God. God deserves the glory. But when we bring something else in and something else is paramount in our lives and something else has more focus in our lives than God, then we're headed for trouble in our lives. And Achan was headed for a lot of trouble because he cherished something more than he cherished God. It was like he was praising something more than he was praising God. And Joshua comes along and says, give glory to God. And he couldn't do it. I've often thought of this portion of Scripture st- thinking that this is a good, this is a good uh, thing for pastors to do go knock on every door, say, I'm here today, will you start giving glory to God? (laughs) And if you can't give glory to God, maybe there's something wrong in your life. You see, it's abnormal not to give glory to God. It should be very normal to give glory to God. It should be, it should be, I mean, it just should be a way of life with us. Somebody knocks on the door and says, "Give glory to God." You say, "Oh yes, praise God. Can we praise God together?" It should be that way. but we've drifted so far from the purposes of God many times that giving glory to God is such a strange thing, but it should be such a natural, everyday occurrence in our lives. Giving glory to God. The thing that brings defeat in our lives is not giving glory to God. Free from sin to give glory to God. God frees us from sin. We can confess our sin and give glory to God. If we do fail... We know that we can run to Jesus. He loves us. He cares for us. We can confess our sin to him. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the norm for the Christian life is giving glory to God. Anything else is subnormal. No praise is subnormal. No praise weakens while, while praise strengthens. Strength offered for battle and effective spiritual warfare is All about praise. Engage every battle in praise. When you're facing a battle in your life, let praise be your weapon of victory. You say, that seems so strange. Everything's going wrong. Well, when everything's going wrong, that's when we need to bring God into that everything and let praise be our weapon of victory. Psalm 149. I think we'll have that on the screen. Let's look at it. Psalm 149. Let's say let's read it together. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. Isn't that beautiful? May the praise next one, may the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. To inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment upon the peoples. To bind their kings with feathers, their nobles with shackles of iron. To carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. So God is urging us to praise in order to overcome. The high praises of God should be in our mouth inflicting vengeance, binding demonic kings. This is the glory of all his faithful people. And God exhorts us, praise the Lord. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 to 27, let's read together. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm. See the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, nor be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some of the Levites from the Kohathites and the Korites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Te- oh, As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me. Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out At the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now let's just hold it there for a minute. Let's go back to that one. Isn't that amazing? This is how they were to fight the battle. They were to go praising him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. And they were to give thanks to the Lord because his love endured forever. This is how they went into battle. I believe this is how you and I need to go into our battles. Go into our battles with praise leading the way. Okay? Let's read more. Uh, Is there another one? As they began to sing in praise, the Lord said ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Say, what an army is this? I mean, they're praising God, glorifying God in the front lines, and ambushments are, are set against the enemy, and they were defeated. Do you want to defeat the enemies in your life? Do I want that to happen? I sure do. How do we do it? Not by complaining turn to somebody and say not by complaining It's turn to somebody else and say it's by praising It's by praising Just think of what a different world we would have if When every any adversity comes against us or in our lives our automatic response is Thank you Lord Lord I I praise you, I honor you. I give you first place here. I make you king of this situation. I praise you and I honor you. Can you imagine how different things can be in our lives rather than, oh man, you don't know what they did to me. This is terrible. I, I don't I I I just can't handle this. This this is too much. This is horrible. Hey folks, the Christian way is the Highway of praise. Can you say amen? We praise him. Let praise be your weapon of victory. It almost seems ridiculous. So I I put it this way. Have faith. Praise God. Say that with me. Have faith. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say that. When you are hitting the hard stuff as a church praise god personally praise god praise god corporately and you will be successful as a church so maybe you're facing stuff that you just don't understand this is i believe this is the order of god bring everybody together and start praising god and watch the difficulties disappear. Come on now. We can rationalize and we can try to reason all of the problems that we have and find ways through. And I do believe that we need to seek God for wisdom and all that. But I think we need to put, the, put praise at the forefront of everything we are facing in our lives there's church difficulties family difficulties can you imagine if families lived their lives this way what it would be like having a problem maybe some of the kids aren't getting along hey knock on the kids bedroom give glory to god come on let's praise god (laughs) we're gonna have a good day let's all gather together and we'll praise god remember early my wife and i had got married and we got into a Uh, a discussion that some people might say might have bordered on being an argument. (laughs) And I remember the Lord spoke to me, you're the leader in this home, here's what you should do. Why don't you call your wife, get on your knees, and begin to call on on God. And so my, my dear little beautiful wife, Sandra, and I, in this little house that we rented for $35 a month when I was completing my college. Uh, We got on our knees, and we called on God. The argument was over. It's that simple. Praise God, and a lot of the difficulties disappear. Why not try that in your family? Get your whole family around you. Say, we, we, we're having a tough time getting a resolve. Let's just praise God for a while now. Let's sing a song of praise. <laughs> Somebody look at you and say, you've got to be kidding. No, I am not kidding. It works. Praise is a powerful weapon if we will engage it. Powerful. Have faith. Praise God. When you're hitting the hard stuff, praise God. So he pointed singers To praise God in in the beauty of holiness. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 31. Paul and Silas were in prison. And a lot of this happened around the the deliverance of a gal from demonic oppression. And as a result of that, they were thrown into uh, into prison. The gal was a a moneymaker for her master's and the masters around didn't like that so there was political stuff going on that set paul and silas up to get into prison there was no fair trial of any kind they were just thrown into prison prisons in those days were not air-conditioned with nice workout facilities and basketball gyms the city that we came from we called our prison the hilton on the hill and it was like that. As a matter of fact, I, I used to visit the prison quite often because different people I knew ended up in prison. And um, one day I was up there. It was prior to Christmas, and it was snowing, and uh, a couple of guys came up to the door near the reception, and and uh, they came to the reception and said, how can we get in here to live? <laughs> so the receptionist says the only way I know is you have to go out and commit a crime in order to get in here (laughs) because it's such a nice place I mean it is very 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 nice uh, state-of-the-art facility back then it wasn't like that people weren't wanting to get into that kind of place rather they were beaten Many stripes were laid on them, feet in stalks, in an inner prison. They could have screamed and cursed their punishers. Not so. Paul looked at Silas and said, Pastor J.B. wrote a great song. I think we heard it one. Let's try singing it. (laughs) They started to sing praises unto God in that prison. I think this is an amazing story. I, I don't know what songs or what psalms they were singing. All I know, they were singing praises to God. And then verse 26 of that chapter says, and suddenly a violent, earthquake probably eight or nine on the richter scale shook the foundations of that prison and the prison doors flew open and their chains fell off you want chains to fall off of your life you want prison doors to open up you say i'm locked into this thing in my life and i can't get out why don't you try praise turn to somebody and say try praise Try praise. So they started praising God, and all of this starts to happen. And Silas looks at Paul and says, This praise thing not only worked for Jehoshaphat, but it's working for us. <laughs> it's worked for others, it'll work for us. David, in all the Psalms where he urges us to praise, We're going to do it, and it's working. The prison keeper is worried now. He's going to lose his job. He'll lose his head. He might as well commit suicide. But Paul and Silas say, do yourself no harm. We're all here. (laughs) We're not far. And then this man turns to them, and he says, what must I do to be saved? What I suggest to you this morning... If we will be a praising people and a praising church, there's going to be people coming and they're going to be saying, what must I do to be saved? God's going to visit people. God's going to talk to people. And you're going to have a comforting, hopeful message for them as to how they can be saved. Another person would now engage on a faith journey, all because these men knew what it was to praise God in the most difficult of circumstances. You know, in the Bible, in the lineup of the tribes as they traveled, Judah went first. You know what Judah stands for? Judah means praise. And God said, send Judah first. Send praise first. All the difficulties you might face and all the struggles you might face in your life, go ahead with praise. Set praise up in your life. Set praise up in your family. Set praise up in the house of the Lord. Set praise up in your workplace and watch God work. Praise is to be the number one action when we are in a tight spot in warfare, in decisions, in all of our ways. Mingle praise with faith and see great results. Bring God into the middle of all you do. His presence. Is your hope your comfort your support your victory he is everything that you need his name meets every need declare it declare his name in the midst of your difficulties and your trials and struggles this week as we've already mentioned is a trying week for for many of you it's great loss I, I find those things hard to understand. I really do when young people are taken from us. But in the midst of it, we're going to praise God. We're going to praise God. We're going to mingle praise and faith. We're trusting that God is still in charge. Even all of this has spun us around and seemingly disorienting us. We're going to praise his glorious name when you have God you have it you have it all whatever the need so just praise him the gaithers used to sing the song let's just praise the Lord praise the Lord let's just lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord. I love that old song. Because it bears a truth. To praise the Lord. When you come here, can I, can I conclude with this? I endeavor to lead our church into this kind of lifestyle. The Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we come into his courts with praise and we bless his name. Can I suggest to you as a church, when you come in on Sunday, you come in with thanksgiving. And then you come into his courts with praise and you you bless his name. It's just your lifestyle. It's the way you do it. The glory of God then becomes part of all you are doing. You're creating an atmosphere that brings light to the the city and and healing happens. God's stuff takes place when you praise the Lord. This is a simple message. To some of you, very elementary. Others of you, it might be new. Catherine Kuhlman was a great lady in healing in her day. And it was all around praise and worship that people received their healing. People were healed. Hundreds, thousands of people were healed. Simply because she got people to praise the Lord. Needs are met. Miracles happen. Things change when we praise.